helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Stephanie Roth, who will be talking with us about her wonderful book, The Ravenous Gown, and 14 More Tales About Real Beauty. Now, this is an award-winning book, so I am especially excited to dive into the topic of your wonderful book. But before we do that, let's hear a little bit about you, Stephanie, and what makes you, you? (laughs) What makes me, me? A lot of things make me, me. I love people and I love stories. And storytelling is a great way for me to connect with people through a medium that I love so much. So uh, that's There's so many things about me. (laughs) I'm not sure how many things to tell you, but those are the, those are the two, you know, driving forces in my life is love, love of people and love of stories. Love of people, love of stories, and you must love children because you're a mother of six. It's true. I must say that's phenomenal. (laughs) Thank you. I do. I am devoted to motherhood and to the incredible work that happens within the walls of your home. It's hard, mostly unnoticed work, but it is also joyful and meaningful work. And I am so glad to have six amazing children who have taught me in many ways how to love people and both through their example and through being able to practice uh, loving people when they're not as lovable as, (laughs) as maybe they could be, you know, real life, family, we got it all. (laughs) Absolutely. And I just love well, I love everything you've said already, but I especially love that piece you said about the incredible work that goes on within the four walls of home or the walls of home and how true that is. But it's not accidental, right? That we yeah. must be really devoted to making what happens within the home really precious and growth oriented. Otherwise, it's just life and sometimes not not that healthy so (laughs) yes and so to hear you say that you know how you were devoted to that process of of the growth within the walls of home that's just so beautifully said thank you for that gem i imagine it will resonate in the hearts of our listeners so now that we know a little bit about who you are would you please tell me i'm just so excited to dive into into your book the ravenous gown and 14 more tales of real beauty I am hungering to hear more. Please. (laughs) Okay, I will tell you more. Let me tell you the story about why I wrote Ravenous. So as a young 
tween. I, I have always been a writer since the moment I learned that letters could be, that letters made sounds that could be made into words that could be made into stories. I was hooked. Um, and I have kept a personal journal for as long as I can remember. Mm. And as a tween, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, those really messy years that are so difficult. I started every journal entry with, I am so ugly. I am so ugly. Oh. And it was, uh, it was really challenging time. You know, I was you know, just your basic young girl. I had glasses and I was skinny and had bumps in all the wrong places, elbows and knees and, and, and everything else. And I saw what the world said was beauty. You know, the magazine covers back then, it was 17 magazine. You know, I saw what the world said, this is beautiful. And I saw that I didn't match. And with my undeveloped brain at the time, I couldn't see any beauty inside of me. Mm. And, you know, it, it caused kind of a rocky entry into adulthood, young adulthood. And I continued to feel that way. And it wasn't until I had a daughter of my own that things began to change. My sweet little girl about, she was very precocious. So just under three-year-old girl, she could talk up a storm at that time, but she came <laughs> twirling in, into the kitchen, um, in a little tutu and a tiara singing, I a beautiful princess, I a beautiful, beautiful princess. And, you know, how can you not stop everything for that? I got down right on her level and looked into her eyes and I said, oh, yes, you are a beautiful princess, a beautiful, beautiful princess. And she looked at me and she said, and you a beautiful princess too, mommy. And without even thinking, I said, uh, no, 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 I, I'm not a beautiful princess. I, 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 I am, I am, uh, I am a beautiful princess's mommy. Because in my head, the story that I had told myself my entire life came right up to the surface. I don't have the right nose to be a beautiful princess. I certainly don't have the right body shape to be a beautiful princess. My hair, no, no. <laughs> There's You're making me cry. Me. <laughs> I am sorry. I have to tell you. you are, uh, there's, <laughs> this is so touching. And how vulnerable you're being and how much this is going to resonate with probably every woman on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Well, what my sweet daughter said to me next, changed my life. She looked at me and with her clear, bright blue eyes, she said, Mommy, you not a beautiful princess? Oh. And I said, no, no, sweetheart. I am a beautiful princess's mommy. And then she grabbed her little tiara on the top of her head she threw it down on the floor and stomped her foot and said, you not a beautiful princess? I not a beautiful princess either. I a mommy like you. 
and she stomped off. And in that moment, I realized that if I didn't change my story about beauty, my daughter, my precious, sweet, wonderful child would grow up living and believing the same story that I did. And I could not stand for that to happen. I just couldn't. And so I started the long, hard work of changing a story that wasn't true, but that I believed with all my heart for the better part of my life. And and in that change, in that work of learning what beauty is and where beauty is and how it shows up in all different kinds of people in every situation, I realized that there just weren't a lot of stories out there that could help me paint a better picture, a bigger, broader picture of what beauty is. And so I started writing them. And um, and that is what Ravenous became. The Ravenous Gown became it are these stories with that have so much heart and so much they have all of my <laughs> all of my life experience and hard work and trying to change my view of myself so that my daughter could live more happily than I did. What a beautiful true tale and what a wise little three-year-old and what a wise mama to pick up on that opportunity to change her life and your life and how many daughters do you have I have two daughters I have two daughters and four sons (laughs) so to change your daughter's lives your son's lives and the life of every person they touch how how exquisite. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, oh my you're goodness. Welcome. Thank my you. Goodness. I cannot I cannot tell you how meaningful this is to me. And I know that I will be sharing it with many people. So thank you. Thank you. So let's um, dry our eyes and move into, uh, t- tell me a little bit more. Do you have a piece of a fairy tale you'd like to share or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, can, I can share you a lot, uh, share with you a lot of different pieces. <laughs> so the great thing about uh, fairy tales is that they're short. So there's 15 different stories in this book and each of them has a little different kernel so it's going to be very hard to decide but maybe I could just start would you like to hear part of the ravenous gown the, they actually would thank the you story I love where, yes. this, where the book got its name once upon a time there was a princess who found herself in the scullery peeling potatoes I don't think this is what my parents had in mind when they sent me to prevent a war, the princess muttered to herself as she paced the kitchen. It's obvious I can't do anything dressed like this. She twirled in her blackened gown and tiny bits of ash fell to the floor. Strands of frizzled hair stood on end and flopped into her face and the dusky smell of smoke filled the air. 
The princess slumped onto a stool, picked up a potato, and lopped off a chunk. Ugh! It would take a fairy godmother to get me out of this mess, the princess said with a simpering smile, as soon as the words spilled out of her mouth. Poof! Her fairy godmother appeared. What? The princess waved away the colored sparkles hanging in the air. Who are you? Well, I am your fairy godmother. Really? Yes, the tiny glowing figure smiled. Really? I didn't think you actually existed. I thought you were just some convenient literary device used in fairy tales to grant wishes to deserving princesses who found themselves in need. Oh, that's exactly what I do, darling. Really? Well, if that's the case, I could really use a wish right now. Well, tell me what your wish is, love. I wish to look exactly like I did before my unfortunate mishap with the dragon. <gasps> a dragon? Oh, my dear. What? happened. Well, I was nestled inside my kingdom's finest carriage, enjoying my breakfast when a dragon pounced on my entourage. The knights were gallant and fended off the dragon for as long as they could, but in the end, their swords were no match for its flames. From what I could see out of the window, it looked like it was just me and the dragon. Luckily, I had just finished my studies on the history and sociology of dragons. I knew that dragons were not touted for being particularly patient creatures, especially when it comes to food. I also knew dragons never refuse a challenge. I could hear the, the dragon's nostrils sniffing outside the carriage. So, I grabbed the last hard-boiled egg from my breakfast, and I opened the carriage door and shouted, I challenge you to a... But before I could finish, the dragon hiccuped, and a tiny burst of flame hit me and cinched me from head to toe. I waved the smoke away, cleared my throat, and finished. I challenge you to a duel of strength. If I win, you let me and anyone left in my company to go free. If you win, you decide our fate. Oh, the dragon's smile was hideous. Blood red gums and scores of sharp teeth. The dragon hissed. I accept your challenge. I enjoy playing with my food. The fairy godmother gasped. Oh, how awful. Oh, I was terrified, but I couldn't very well let the dragon know that. I stooped to the ground and picked up what, I, what looked like two small stones, but only one was a stone. The other was that hard-boiled egg from my breakfast. I gulped down my fear. And then I looked at the dragon and said, 
I have two small stones in my hands. Whoever can crush the stone with their bare hands first wins the challenge. The dragon opened his long clawed hand. I climbed up into it and gave him the stone. I climbed back down and yelled, let us begin. The dragon closed his fist tight, but the stone was so small, it lodged between two of his scales. The dragon opened his fist and tried to pry out the stone using his terrible claws, which incidentally were terrible for dislodging small objects from scales. The dragon roared and his flame burned down my carriage. He swished and banged his tail on the ground, sending great plumes of dirt in the air. He made an awful ruckus. I waited for the dragon's little tantrum to end. And when I was sure I had his full attention, I held my arm up and squeezed the egg in my hand. It made a satisfying crack, then squished inside my fist. I looked the dragon in the eye and smiled. The dragon bellowed and I bellowed back. We had a deal, now go. The dragon snapped his teeth, whipped his body around and took flight. I almost collapsed, but I knew I had to get to the banquet. My parents were counting on me to soothe tensions between our kingdoms. So I walked the rest of the way to the castle. I didn't bother cleaning myself up. Surely the king, queen and prince would understand when I told them what happened. But I never got the chance. What? Well, why not? The fairy godmother's tiny face had an expression of perfect outrage. Well, when I finally convinced the guard to let me enter and rushed into the great hall to tell them why I was late, the king took one look at me and told his servants to throw me out into the scullery where I belonged. No. Yes. <laughs> A small chuckle escaped the princess at this farcical predicament. And that is why I am attempting to peel potatoes. The princess smiled at her lopsided, partially peeled potato, then looked up at the fairy and said, and why I am in need of a wish. Oh, that's right. Oh, tell me what you wish, my dear, and I shall grant it. More sparkles filled the air as the fairy godmother took out her wand. I wish to look exactly as I did this morning before I met that nasty dragon. Are you sure that's all you want? Opportunities like this don't come every day, you know. <laughs> yes, I am sure. I think I can handle the situation from there. 
Thank you. The princess was about to add, and I am so glad you're real, but it sounded so ridiculous in her mind, she just smiled warmly instead. Poof. And there she was, dressed exactly as she had been before. The princess wore a delicate floor-length gown, the first color of sunset, the color that says, stop, slow down, something spectacular is about to happen. Her hair cascaded in perfect curls around her face, and was intertwined with rose petals and pearls. She wore one-of-a-kind shoes made from fine white leather. From curls to shoes, the princess was dazzling. She walked into the dining room once again. This time, when she walked in, every person stopped to look at the princess. Ah, oh, Princess Ella Isabella, you finally arrived. Come, come and take your place as our esteemed guest of honor, the king proclaimed. Thank you, your majesty, the princess curtsied. Servants, servants, bring this lovely lady some food. She must be famished. The servant, servants lined up with great platters of food. The princess smiled and accepted the bread and soft cheese from the first tray. She broke the bread in half and jammed the two chunks into the sleeves of her dress. Then she smeared the soft cheese across the bodice. Eat well, my pretty dress, she said, and flashed her daintiest smile. The next servant offered meat, potatoes, and gravy. The princess took the meat right off the platter and stashed it in the sash around her middle. She took handfuls of potatoes and smashed them into the folds of fabric around her hips. The gravy she carefully drizzled over the entire skirt in a rather delicate pattern. Eat well, my pretty dress. The entire court now watched, waiting to see what she would do with the chocolate cake on the next platter. Eat, uh, let's see, on the next platter, the servant lowered the cake and pulled out a knife to cut her a piece. The king had stopped breathing. His face was red and splotchy. The queen turned away. The prince was so astonished by this princess that he watched in wonder as she took the cake and filled her shoes with it. Eat well, my pretty shoes, she smiled. What is the meaning of this? The king boomed. How dare you come to our table late and act like this? What do you have to say for yourself? The king was sputtering in his rage. The princess stood and addressed them all. Earlier this evening, I came to this dining hall to take my place as the guest of honor, and I was thrown out. Why? 
because my clothing was singed and blackened, my hair a mess and my shoes in shambles due to an unfortunate mishap with a dragon. Luckily, my fairy godmother made a surprise appearance and gifted me with these clothes, the very clothes I would have come in had I not met up with that nasty dragon. When I arrived in these clothes, I was immediately offered a place at your table as an esteemed guest. That is when I understood it was not me mm. you invited to the banquet at all. It was my clothing. And so I thought it appropriate that it was my clothing that should enjoy the meal. A lump of potatoes dropped to the floor. So did the prince's chin. He was smitten. A happy alliance between kingdoms was made after all. Oh, oh my goodness, what a wonder. You had me. I was hanging <laughs> on every word. Okay. Oh my goodness. I love that. What? Okay, so I'm imagining there are 14 more tales. Yes. Much of that ilk. Oh my goodness. Did that feel good to my heart and soul? Oh my goodness. You know, the familiar values, as you're familiar, you're familiar with them, love together, play together, learn together, work together, talk together, heal together, read together, eat together, laugh together. Somehow, you brought all of those into one fairy tale, even the eating part. <laughs> even the eating part. <laughs> even the eating part. And what a story that is so heartwarming, but also, and, and such laughter it brought, but also very poignant and very growth oriented. So thank you. I, I am excited to, to read all of the other 14 or they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> And I mean, I, they're so amazing. Much. So my goodness. Oh, so listeners, that is a snippet from the ravenous gown and 14 more tales of real beauty. So Stephanie, are there any other tidbits of gold you'd like to share with us? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Well, one of the things uh, that makes this book a little bit different is in the back, I, uh, I, I put kind of some of the stories behind the stories and where they came from. And also I have some great questions and quotes so that you, it opens up, it can open up a conversation. Um, I didn't, you know, I, when I tell stories, I always want the story to be center stage and just to enjoy it for the story it is, because I, stories stick. They stick with you. The images and the stories will just stay in your mind. Um, and I also, uh, I also think that they are just really great at opening up conversation. So I never 
I, I try really hard never to put a moral to the story, but allow the story to open up the heart for conversation. And so this is one of, uh, it's kind of a different thing about this book. Most collections of fairy tales do not have a little, <laughs> hey, let me tell you the story behind this story. And here's some questions you can mm -hmm. talk about together. But because, uh, because I am a mother as well as a storyteller and an author, I wanted to give parents a way to, to talk, to just have a conversation about all of the different ideas and things in this book. Not all of them are based around clothing. In fact, that's really the only one that all of the other stories, um, you know, talk about some other aspect of beauty. And I wanted I wanted people to be able to to think about the stories and talk about them and have conversations about them because those conversations are powerful and they connect us to each other and they connect us to the story and into they also connect us with the ideas that help us to be stronger and happier you know in a, in a day <laughs> where where it's so difficult to just choose to be happy with so many easy comparisons in social media and all the things that are out there. There's so many things to see. It's a great, it's a great segue into this connected, beautiful time to talk about ideas that can really strengthen your idea of who you are and to not get confused by the other messages that are sent. I absolutely agree with you. And I think just going a little bit beyond, you know, the teen to mother connection, I can see women of all ages mm. sharing this book and learning. And I agree with you, having prompts in the back absolutely. is an absolutely way <laughs> to deepen understanding of self, of others, of the story, and then uh -huh. having a little bit of the backstory is also lovely. But fairy tales have, for eons, been such a way of transmitting wisdom and insight yeah. that I, I can see this as a very powerful um, tool to have on one's bookshelf. And <laughs> I, absolutely. And the other thing I just want to say that I can also see just based on our conversation and me being able to receive the gift of the ravenous gown from you in an, you know, an auditory fashion, I'm going to be talking with my husband about it tonight because I think <laughs> definitely we can help the men in our, in our lives grow from the um, fairy tales that we share. Yes. Um, in fact, because I, I have four boys, I really wanted to put things in the stories that would capture their attention too. And so there are dragons and curses and stinky feet. There are all kinds of things <laughs> in, these, in these stories that are, you know, not your typical fairy tale kind of fashion. And I find as I am telling them to live audiences and experiencing them that the boys um, love them just as much as the girls. And that's, uh, that's part of, that was part of my plan <laughs> is I wanted, uh, I wanted everyone to kind of think about, uh, because, you know, we talk about women who 
and, and girls who get this pressure from the outside, but I really believe that boys and men do too. Uh, their pressures are Absolutely. just as much as ours. And so it's a really, it's a, uh, stories again are just a great way to talk about things and I hope that that dads read them to their daughters and their sons and that, and that moms have conversations with them too so uh, that is my hope right and and it's um, a good hope and a valid <laughs> hope because fairy tales they are definitely food that you know regardless of gender good yep. food for the soul it is good, good food, food for, for the, the heart soul. and the mind well yep. when you can laugh and <laughs> absolutely have a good time together it's great so thank you so much for being with us today stephanie and sharing your amazing story with us as well as the ravenous gown and it has been such a pleasure where can our listeners find you so right now my website is currently under construction. So the best place to find me is on Instagram or on Facebook. On Facebook, you can find me at my name, which is spelled differently. It's S-T-E-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, A-N-I, R-A, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, <laughs> or at Story Possibilities. Those are both of the places that you can find me and you will be able to be updated when my website is all up and ready again. We're just going through reconstruction and it's going to be great when we get it back up. And I hope you join me at, at, uh, at, at either my Instagram stuff. Uh, I think it's Roth Stephanie for Instagram and Stephanie Roth on Facebook or story possibilities. So I've just started a new, a new campaign on Facebook and that is to share a moment worth remembering mm. from your day. So you can read more about that uh, if you join me there. So excellent. And I'm going to spell Stephanie's name just one more time. It's S T E F F A N I, and her last name is Roth. I think it's Roth. Roth. Uh -huh. Roth. And it's <laughs> spelled capital R A F F. So that's Stephanie Roth. And again, thank you so much. What a delightful conversation. I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to not only share time with a storyteller and an author such as yourself, but also to be the recipient of a full fairy tale. What <laughs> that was unexpected and ever so fabulous. So thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate being able to be a part of this thank podcast you. and my conversation with you. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. And if you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families, such as the glorious book we talked about today, The Ravenous Gown and 14 More Tales About Real Beauty. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, 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 as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play together.
together we laugh together